The countdown is on to the opening of the 2022-2023 school year in the Indian River School District. The last two years have been interesting to say the least, but there is a renewed sense of hope and optimism throughout the district as we prepare for the new school year. I'm Dave Mall, and welcome to Season 8 of the IRSD Spotlight Podcast. We'll start this episode with a conversation with Superintendent Dr. Jay Owens, who will update us on what's happening around the district as we prepare to open schools in September. Then we'll meet two new members of the district's administrative team, Monica McCurry, the principal of East Millsboro Elementary School, and Dr. Richard Evans, the principal of Southern Delaware School of the Arts. My conversation with Dr. Owens is coming up right after the break. here now with Indian River School District Superintendent, Dr. Jay Owens. Jay, always good to have you back on the podcast. Thanks for having me, Dave. Glad to glad to be here with you today. First things first, Jay, can you just briefly address our uh, COVID protocols for the coming school year? Sure. You know, the CDC recently updated some of their guidance and it seems to be a little bit more relaxed. So we're, we're hoping to move into this new school year with less guidance than we've, we've been under the last couple years. First thing, you know, if, if kids are, are feeling sick, we really ask that they stay home. So that, that's always been the case. But if, if someone tests positive for COVID, the recommendation currently is to remain home for five days and to wear a mask for an additional five days. So uh, we'll be locking into those CDC guidelines and providing those recommendations to our, our students and, and families. So we're really hopeful that uh, we can get rolling this school year on a on a, on a better pace than, than last year with all the protocols that were in place. And, and uh, just to clarify, masks will continue to be optional. Yes. So anybody that wants to wear a mask feels more comfortable. Uh, certainly that is an option. And we'll have masks on site at the schools for those that uh, either forgot them or, or just, just need one in general. In spite of many challenges, we had a terrific school year in 2021-2022. Just to name a few accomplishments... Southern Delaware School of the Arts was named a National Blue Ribbon School. Leslie Hazard of East Millsboro Elementary School was Delaware's School Counselor of the Year. North Georgetown and Longneck Elementary Schools were named Recognition Schools by the State of Delaware. Uh, IRSD was honored as a Distinguished District by the International Society for Technology and Education. And we had five teams of district students qualify for the VEX Robotics World Championships in Dallas. So, Jay, what are your final thoughts on last school year? just really proud of all those accomplishments. I mean, from, from students and staff to, to, to schools in general, you know, to be able, uh, despite the, the guidelines we were under and all the challenges we had to try to make school a reality, we were able to accomplish so much. And I'm just appreciative of all the staff and the students that worked so hard to, to achieve what we were able to achieve last year. And it's just, it's remarkable that uh, we were able to kind of move forward and get some of these things off the ground, you know, even taking field trips again and and being out in the community was just a a welcome revisit to what is normal for us. 
the Vex Robotics team qualifying for the World Championships was especially meaning meaningful to you personally. Now, why is that? Yeah, well, my son was on the the, the, <laughs> the John M. Clayton team there, so he was yeah. he was really excited to be able to travel out to Texas and and compete with his friends and meet some people from really all over the world. So, really exciting event, and and you know I got to uh, got to participate or watch some of those events. Uh, online and both and, and locally in person, so it's it's a really neat thing that uh, our students are able to participate in, and it's it's uh, it, it's just a, a nice thing to be able to provide Indian River School District students uh, the opportunity to travel outside of our our state and compete uh, against other students. I saw some of the pictures from it, and they looked like they were having a good time they, down they there. Did. So <laughs> uh, now moving on to uh, to this school year, we have some new members joining our administrative team this year. Can you sort of uh, fill us in on that a little bit? Absolutely. So Monica McCurry is joining East Millsboro Elementary as the principal. She was an administrator with the CR district for some time. So we're super happy to have Monica on board, and she's really hit the ground running. Uh, in addition, Rick Evans is our new principal at Southern Delaware School of the Arts, and Rick uh, Rick was with us a while back here at the district as an administrator uh, before uh, transitioning over to Laurel at, in several capacities, including principal and director. So we are very happy to have Rick back in, in our administrative ranks. In addition, Maria Hazard, who's been a longtime employee here with our district, she is now our supervisor of early learning. And uh, Maria has a wealth of knowledge in that early learning field, and she's really, uh, uh, she has hit the ground running as well with all things early learning. We, we really have a, a vested interest in our earliest learners to make sure that they, we provide a, a, a good foundation right from the start with our students, and, and uh, Maria's done a great job. And finally, Kathy Wolf is joining us from the Department of Ed. Uh, a lot of experience in the finance world, and she will be our new supervisor of business and finance. Now, let's not forget about Sarah Green, right? Absolutely. So Sarah <laughs> uh, was an assistant principal at North Georgetown, and Sarah has actually transitioned up to the principal at North Georgetown Elementary. So uh, very familiar with that school, the students, the staff, and the community. And uh, I am quite certain she's going to do a wonderful job for us there at North Georgetown. Another issue that's going to be very important this coming school year is that we've had to make some fairly significant adjustments to the daily starting and ending times for our schools this year. Why is that? So the, yeah. the, the board did, back actually in February, voted to to change these start and end times for, for several reasons, but primarily because of transportation concerns around enough bus drivers, capacity on the roads, you know, there's anyone that's in and around uh, certain areas uh, within our county, Millsboro, Georgetown especially, uh, knows there's congestion. And so the adjustment to those times allows us to uh, stagger when those buses are in those same locations. So it also, doing so, also equalized our instructional time for all schools. Southern Delaware School of the Arts, for instance, we were able to lengthen their school day so it's better aligned with uh, the rest of our schools. And with that, we also know that there's there can be a burden there. When we're when we're making adjustments to the start and end times, you know, we know families have to make that adjustment. So we wanted to get out in front of that as early as possible. And, and with that, we've provided, uh, in most cases, 25 minutes prior to the start of school for early drop-off. And so hopefully that alleviates some some concern with certain parents. And essentially, I'm, now, I'm simplifying it here, but it looks like, uh, you know, most of the elementary schools are going to start later 
than they have in the past. Is that pretty much accurate? That, that's correct. So there's some significant changes at some schools uh, and just very minimal changes at others. But the changes allow us to uh, have a tiered bus system that drops off and can go out uh, and do another run for another school. And um, it, it does really alleviate a lot of our needs. So uh, we're looking forward to uh, an easier path when it comes to transporting our students to school. And again, those uh, those times can be found on the district website and the district Facebook and Twitter pages. On a follow-up on that, we're also investigating possibly providing some before and after school daycare services to our students. Where does that stand right now? Absolutely. We, we are partnering with some of our child care providers in the community to try to alleviate some of that burden on the families either before school or after school. So uh, we're still working out a lot of those details, but we're hopeful that that'll provide another resource for, to our families that may have some difficulty getting kids to school or from school. Yeah, and the details on that will be forthcoming as we get closer to the school year and into the school year. Yes. Um, big news this year, though, is that we are going to be opening a new school building. Uh, it looks like that's going to happen in January. So can you update us on the construction of the new Howard Tienna School in uh, north of Millsboro? Absolutely. So extremely, extremely excited about all the the progress that's been made with Howard TNS. We uh, right now we are on path to complete the school and be ready for move in and students to start on January 3rd. So right after that winter holiday break, it, it will be a state of the art facility that will really meet the needs of our our students from across the county, including Indian River, obviously. But uh, really excited about the progress there, and we are on schedule as we speak. So it's going to be a quick move-in from uh, Christmas over Christmas break from the old building to the new building. Yes, it'll, it'll, a lot of moving parts, but I know that the staff is anxious to get into the new building, and uh, I, the students are going to are going to love that new facility. Well, I've had a chance to walk through it a few times and take some photos, and it's it's tremendous. It's yes. going to be a tremendous facility that that staff and the students up there deserved for quite a while. So. Also, can you give us an update on the construction of the new Sussex Central High School, which is just starting to kick into gear a little bit? That, that's right. So we continue to finalize our uh, design of the school. It's, it's pretty well done at this point. Uh, however, we continue to meet to talk about the interior aspects of the school. We do have some bid packages going out here soon, and folks will start to see some, some site work actually as early as this fall and into the winter. Now, another big project that's that's been going on in the district pretty much for the last year or so is we're currently developing a five-year strategic plan, which is an effort that has really picked up steam in recent months. Can you sort of update us on what the plan is and what the process is moving forward? Right. So we, we just knew that we needed to kind of set a, a framework for the next several years for the district. And so we looked at several um, strategic plans that are uh, available and then kind of met with our many stakeholders within the our, our district itself and then got some feedback from the community. So we do appreciate the feedback that we were able to gather from uh, our community meetings. But essentially, we've locked into four pillars of the strategic plan that I think can drive much of what we do. Deeper learning, which really hits the academic elements and making informed decisions around the planning and delivery of curriculum and instruction and assessments. The second pillar is relationship-centered schools. So really we want to focus on engaging parents, guardians, families, community members, even our business partners in uh, making our schools the best they can be. 
Also part of that relationship-centered schools is utilizing advisory teams to really inform us uh, around all things that are going on in our school. So uh, the third pillar is operational excellence, and that's our implementation of equitable, sustainable, student-centered operational plans. And, you know, that, that hits everything from our safety, uh, providing clean environments, uh, emergency preparedness plans. So that's really um, is, hits our, our operation and management. And, and finally, uh, the fourth pillar is impact-focused service. So we want to design and deliver high-quality professional development opportunities for our, our staff and provide effective management through the development and implementations of policies and procedures. So we, we meet monthly with um, our various curriculum and policy and finance committee meetings, but we wanna just make sure we maintain a focus on that and allow those areas to drive what we, we do on a daily basis. So yeah, very, very happy with, with where we are with the strategic plan. We will be conducting some additional focus groups to get, uh, get some additional feedback as we roll into the fall here and then hopefully finalize uh, uh, at an upcoming board meeting here later on, late fall, early winter. So so the equity stakeholder survey that we did back in the spring and the focus groups that we held this summer were actually part of the strategic plan process. Yes, we, we took that information we gathered from those surveys and, and thank you to all the, the families and community members that participated in that. It was really helpful and we used that and helped to infuse that information into the strategic plan and really kind of take take a deeper dive into how these pillars will come to life within our schools. Well, one more issue I want you to address, and this is very important as we move closer and closer to the start of the school year. Can you talk a little bit about kindergarten registration? (laughs) Because, you know, we're, uh, what, two, three weeks away from the start of the school Mm -hmm. year. So why, tell us why that's an important issue. (laughs) Right. So, so uh, we need to make sure we're prepared. We have our teachers uh, uh, hired and in our classrooms and, and, and trained in the proper professional development before our kids get there. So the sooner we get all of our students registered, uh, the better off we'll be. So a a quick visit to our website will provide you with uh, a lot of information um, for our registration process. But any kid that is five years old on or before August 31st, 2022, is eligible for for kindergarten and, and should really give the school a call and and set up a time to come in and pick up some packets uh, of information. But we do have resources online where families can can log in to our website, irsd.net, and complete our documents electronically and submit them. So um, there is a lot of information there that can help with that registration process. So certainly give your your neighborhood school a call if you have any information and and the website can really help drive uh, that process as well. And those documents are available if you if you go on the district homepage. There's a a blue button that's round that says registration. If you click on that, those documents are up there for that parents can access and move forward. So before we wrap it up, Jay, let let me just ask you, what are you most looking forward to for this coming school year? I you know as we we closed out last year and this summer as we've planned and developed uh, our processes for this year, it really feels like we're going into a more traditional school year <laughs> this year yeah. than we have. Uh, in the last couple years uh, due to the, the COVID protocols that we've had. So I'm just excited to, to see kids coming in again with smiles on their faces and uh, really getting back into 
uh, that more traditional learning environment and interacting with the, the teachers, the kids, the families. So it, it just, it, there's, there's a, a buzz in the air, I feel, and a, a bit of energy around the start of this school year that, that feels a little bit different, and it, it's really exciting. Well, Jay, it's always a pleasure happy sitting down to talk with you, and uh, good luck with the coming school year. Thank you, Dave. Coming up after the break, we'll meet Monica McCurry, the new principal of East Millsboro Elementary School. School District has some new members on its administrative team this year. One of them is Monica McCurry, the new principal of East Millsboro Elementary School. Monica comes to us from the Caesar Rodney School District, where she spent the past 17 years as a teacher, instructional coach, and assistant principal at W. Riley Brown Elementary School. Monica recently joined me on Zoom to talk about her new position and her career in education. All right, Monica, thanks for joining us and welcome to the Indian River School District. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, well, how has your experience at uh, East Millsboro been so far? I know it's only been a few weeks, but... Yeah, I'm actually starting my third week, um, although I was able to come and, and attend, you know, Administrative Institute. Um, it's been great. It's been, uh, you know, a lot to take in, a change. Uh, you know, I've been in education for over 24 years, so I know education, but, you know, operational and, and just logistics, that's, you know, it's all new, but... Um, everybody's been really friendly and very welcoming, and I've been able to touch base with all of our staff and, and meet quite a few of them. So it, it's been really very exciting. Well, it's funny you brought up the Administrative Institute because I know that was pretty much technically your first day with the school district. That was back in July. And I think I, you had one of the funniest lines that morning because I think everybody had to go around the room and <laughs> introduce themselves and say how long you worked for the Indian River School District. So you did so. And I think your line was, uh, I've worked for the Indian River School District for 30 seconds. I think yeah, that yeah. So, <laughs> what yeah. was that? What was that day like for you? Um, I mean, it was it was great. Again, everybody was super welcoming. Um, you know, it just uh, absorbing all of the new policies and, um, you know, listening to the strategic plan and, and just really, you know, absorbing it all. I mean, often those days just kind of feel like a whirlwind uh, because everything is so new. But both of, you know, the assistant principals were there and I was able to really, you know, uh, start to get to know them and work with them. And um, all of the administrative team throughout the entire district has been very supportive and very welcoming. It, and, and it feels like family. Everybody talks about family. And that's certainly, you know, the, the feeling that I get being here. Well, this is the first time in about 17 years that you haven't been at W. Riley Brown Elementary in Dover, which was uh, part of the CR school district. What has that transition been like for you? You were there for a long time. I was there for a long time. Um, I was a school teacher there, then I was an instructional coach, and then I was in uh, administration there as well. Both of my children attended Riley Brown. So, you know, and we live in the Caesar Rodney School District. So it was, you know, definitely a big change. I had wonderful experiences with CR. I had an amazing school that I worked with. You know, my husband and I love this area. He works in Rehoboth. So Sussex County has been kind of like a, a dream for us to someday relocate to. So, you know, while it's hard to leave a family that I was a part of for, you know, over 17 years, um, I'm also taking all of that with me and everything that, you know, I learned and, 
um, you know, continue to stay in contact with everybody. So for me, my time at W. Riley Brown was wonderful. And, you know, I carry that with me when I am starting this next phase of my career, I guess. Well, speaking of that, too, you're moving into a, you know, a principal position after five years as an assistant principal. Are you excited for that opportunity? I am very much so. I think that, you know, when I started my career, you know, over 24 years ago, I always felt that at some point I would like to take on a principalship role and, you know, really help to, you know, cultivate and create a vision within a a school and a community. And I'm very excited. I was very blessed with uh, my administrator, who was my mentor when I was an assistant principal. She taught me so much. And, you know, as hard as it is to no longer work alongside of her, I'm really excited to take all the lessons that I learned with her and start applying them in my, you know, my my own way in in a new building um, with a new staff. So yes, I'm very excited about it. You were a classroom teacher and like you said, an instructional coach for about 17 years before you moved into school administration. Mm -hmm. Was being an administrator always a goal of yours? Yes. I mean, I have vivid memories of sitting in, you know, college classes in my undergraduate thinking that, you know, long term, this would be the goal that I would want. I loved being a classroom teacher. Instructional coach was never something that was on my radar because as a college student and and an early uh, young teacher, I didn't even know that that kind of a position existed. And I think, you know, with the transition to, you know, instructional leader, those positions became more readily available. And that was a fun transition. It was hard to leave the classroom, but having a more global perspective from an instructional coach position. And, and, and really that position helped with my transition into administration mm-hmm. because you're not an administrator, but you have an, a, a, a better idea of what a global picture is like within a building. If that makes so, sense. so that was a good transition for you, yeah. I guess, to go from a, a teacher to an instructional coach to yeah. an administrator. Was it, was that, did that sort of prepare you, the instructional coach part of it? Absolutely. And I, you know, I was blessed with my principal and I, I hope to be the same kind of leader where my principal really, you know, looks at the strengths of in within her building and cultivates leadership with, within everybody. And so, you know, she kind of pegged me as somebody to be a future leader and really took me under her wing. And that's certainly my approach, you know, with the staff that I work with. Well, one of the more interesting things in your background was you were, during your time as a teacher, you were certified as a teacher of exceptional or gifted and talented children. Now, what was that experience like? Because that's very unique. We need to meet the needs of all of our learners. And there are, um, you know, just like the Excel program here in Indian River, there was a program in the Cesar Rodney School District. And as my instructional coach, one of my duties was to, um, you know, run the program for the gifted and talented. And I think I had just as much joy with that experience as I did working with all students. I mean, I'm also certified spec ed. And, you know, the, the beauty about teaching and the, 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 the passion that I have about teaching is getting to know our students, developing the relationships with the students, identifying where they are in their learning progression, and targeting instruction to meet their needs. When you are meeting the needs of individual students, whether they're a special education student or a gifted student, you know, that's when the passion comes out in both you and the students. And, and you know, you just, you see them grow. I loved working with the gifted students. We would develop uh, units around themes and they had a lot of passion and, and drive and, you know, just always, it was always a lot of fun to work with them. Do you ever miss the classroom? Um, yes, I, <laughs> I, I miss it the most during the summer because an empty school building is 
can be kind of depressing. (laughs) I'm very much looking forward to the building getting filled with um, students again. You know, even as an assistant principal, I was in the classroom all the time. I would still teach lessons with teachers. They would ask me to come in and, you know, do different activities with students. So I still get that classroom fix. And and that's that's what's hard about the summer because I can't go in and, you know, spend some time with students. So I'm really looking forward to the building filling up with children. Well, you're going to have a lot of them there in about a month or so. so. (laughs) Let's go back to the beginning of your career. Why did you become a teacher in the first place? It's just something that's always been innate with me. I've always loved children. You know, as a young kid, I grew up in a very rural town. And so, I mean, I was full-time babysitting as a young kid and I, I just, I've always loved kids. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think it was a natural, a natural fit for me. Well, I'm going to ask you a question that I love to ask educators because we often get a lot of funny responses. Was there ever a time in your life, even when you were younger or whenever, that you thought you wanted to do something other than teaching? It could be even when you were a kid. Silly, but <laughs> when I remember being a, a, a very young teenager, thinking how cool it would be to be this, you know, Hollywood actress. <laughs> um, I was I, I was born in California, and I always thought how cool would it be to go back and you know live in Hollywood and be this young teenage actress. And the funny thing about the whole thing is that I, I'm very much an introvert. I do not like attention. I don't like the spotlight. So that pipe dream went away very early. So basically, you know, we're, we're going to start school here in about three weeks or so. And you're going to have about a thousand kids in there, I think, uh, in that school building. What are you most looking forward to this for this coming school year? I mean, I'm most looking forward to the kids coming. I, the, just filling this building with children is what I'm most looking forward to. Um, but I'm also really excited about the staff. Um, coming in and getting to know the staff. I was able to meet with our um, school success team last week. They are an amazing group of people, very dedicated, very excited about the school year. Um, And I've had the opportunity to reach out and touch base with every staff member, just introduce myself and, and, you know, let them know I'm excited to work with them. And this staff is overwhelmingly dedicated to um, teaching and their children and their community. And um, I'm really looking forward to, you know, just getting everybody in here and, and getting to work and, um, you know, working on our vision here at, at East Millsboro. And um, I'm looking forward to meeting our families as well and getting to know the community. So I'm most looking forward to the kids coming back, but I'm really looking forward to collaborating with, um, you know, our instructional staff as well. Well, you have a ter- you have a terrific staff up there. I can tell you, you're going to be very impressed when they when they come back to school. Um, before we wrap it up, anything else you want to share? Interview? I I don't think so. I mean, I appreciate the opportunity, and uh, you know, I'm just I'm very happy to be here. Excited to have the opportunity to to serve the students and the staff and the community here at East Millsboro. Up next, I'll speak with another new member of the district's administrative team, Dr. Richard Evans. <laughs> Returning to the district this year is Dr. Richard Evans, who is the new principal of Southern Delaware School of the Arts in Selbyville. 
Rick spent six years as an administrator in the Indian River School District from 2008 through 2014 before moving on to the Laurel School District, where he spent eight years in a variety of administrative positions. Now he's back to take the reins at SDSA, which was named a National Blue Ribbon School in 2001. He recently sat down with us to discuss his career and his new professional challenge. Okay, I'm here with Rick Evans, the new principal of Southern Delaware School of the Arts. And first of all, Rick, welcome back. Thank you very much. How does it feel to be back in uh, Indian River School District? It, it's great. Uh, there's so many people that are still here that I worked with the last time that I was here, uh, although there are, a lot of them are in different positions, but it's good to see a lot of familiar faces and, and just to be in such a great district. Yeah. Um, you, you have an interesting background because you've been a principal at the elementary and middle school levels and an assistant principal at the high school level. But now you have a new challenge at SDSA. You're, you're going to be overseeing a K-8 through school that's focused on the arts. Um, how much are you looking forward to this new challenge? Yeah, I actually was a principal at the high school level, too. I was a principal yeah. at Laurel High School for two years. But, yeah. uh, so I've been a principal at all three levels. This is definitely a unique experience for me, um, just being two schools combined. And, and that's certainly been a challenge so far, trying to figure out you know, running two separate schedules, you know, a lot of things are different at the secondary and elementary level. I think of this, it's this incredible opportunity. Um, a lot of the schools that I've been in in the past have been schools that needed to be fixed. And, uh, and that, that's not necessarily the case with SDSA. Uh, you know, it's exciting to think about going into a building where you can kind of take it to the next level. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, that's really what I'm focused on. Yeah. And you are also step, stepping into a school that was a national blue ribbon school in 2021. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. So, what has been your your initial impression of the school? I know uh, you know the teachers and students haven't been back. I know you had some summer school there, but um, what basically what's been your impression so far of it? Well, I've had the opportunity to meet with about 25 of the teachers so far, yeah. and just sitting down, you know, having some good conversations, you know, 15 to 20 minute meetings, and I've been really, really impressed with the staff. I think that they're they're just uh, they they bring something different each one of them it seems to me in the arts background and also you know just excellent instructors it's definitely I hear about I've heard about a lot of things so far in terms of the arts performances and things like that I'm super excited to see those things um, live but uh, I the the overriding uh, theme of what I've gotten so far is how talented our staff and our students are. So I'm, I'm excited about just being a part of that and, and seeing that, you know, live. It really is unique in that not only is it arts focused, but you have academic, you have to hold down the same academic sure. load as, as the other schools. So yeah. that really does kind of, it's kind of two things in one there. You know? Yeah, it is. And uh, I think that our teachers are so strong instructionally that when you add that arts enhancement to it and doing things through that lens, even in the mm-hmm. core curriculum, it just takes things to a, a totally different level, and um, and I think it works for our kids. Now, you recently were sort of pulling triple duty over in the Laurel School District. You were in charge of uh, human resources, mm-hmm. finance, facilities management, mm-hmm. um, and I believe you oversaw the construction of a 1,200-student elementary school. That's a lot of responsibility. What was that like? Yeah, so I, I feel like my experience in a small district has prepared me to be a principal of a small school, um, you know, because SDSA really isn't a big school, especially being eight or nine grades. Um, but that time in Laurel, you have to really be good at uh, multitasking about, you know, being able to get, you know, being a producer uh, and getting work done, um, big amounts of work done in short amount of, of time. 
Uh, so you know, those were really uh, those are really valuable experiences for me. I think it also allowed me to see, you know, what the other side looks like, what that district side looks like, and how they all play together uh, and can support each other. Uh, the, you know, I felt like human resources and finance kind of went hand in hand, especially you know when dealing with things like unit count or you know uh, the consolidated grants and things like that. Facilities was something way out of left field for me. I'm not really a handy person, <laughs> yeah. but I've always been amazed at the great people who work in uh, buildings and grounds. You know, they just they do a lot of work that goes behind the scenes. Um, you know, that we wouldn't be able to run schools if it weren't for those people. Um, so, you know, it gives you this appreciation for everything, how a, how a district and how a school should work, you know, and, in, in, you know, in total. Um, so it's really, those are really valuable experiences for me. Yeah. Now, on the flip side, though, is it good to be back in a school environment again? It is, um, because a lot of times, you know, when you're at the district level, uh, you're away from people. And, uh, you know, I think one of the, one of my best traits, you know, as a leader uh, is being able to kind of form this team and get them to move towards, you know, a common goal. And it doesn't necessarily work like that at a district level. You know, mm-hmm. usually you have a handful of people that you deal with a lot of the time. Um, so it's not as, as uh, big in scope as, as being in a building with a staff. So I miss that uh, tremendously being around, you know, teachers and being around students. Um, so that was that was kind of one of the decisions that I had to make, you know, when I realized that I was going to be moving on from Laurel was that, you know, what direction am I going to go in? And going back into a building was just a natural fit for me. Mm -hmm. You previously worked in the Indian River School District from uh, 2008 to 2014. You Mm -hmm. were an assistant principal at Millsboro Middle School and Sussex Central High School. Then you moved on to become a a principal at North Georgetown Elementary School. Mm -hmm. Now, while at Sussex Central, you were named Delaware Assistant Principal of the Year in 2012. Now, Mm -hmm. what did that honor mean to you back then? Yeah, that, I mean, it was an incredible honor, you know, to think that you were chosen out of all the assistant principals throughout the state. That's a lot of them. (laughs) Yeah, and um, it was a a really, really big honor, and, um, you know, it's very humbling, you know, when you get that. But for me, you know, the fact that uh, Dr. Bunning nominated me, you know, that meant as much to me as actually winning the award because, you know, she saw what we did. And, um, and, you know, when we, you know, there was a team of people that went to Sussex Central High School and, you know, including Dr. Owens. And uh, it was it was a lot of hard work there for those, mm-hmm. you know, three years that I was there. So just to be recognized, you know, by your own administration and within the district that, you know, they feel that you're doing a good job and you deserve, you know, a nomination like that meant the world. So yeah. it was awesome. Especially someone as gifted as Dr. Bunning and yeah, the absolutely. experience that she has. Absolutely. Um, uh, but right after that, you were moved up to a principal's position. Now, mm-hmm. what was that transition like going from assistant principal to a principal and not from a high school to an elementary school? Yeah, certainly in some ways it was a difficult transition because... I had never been in an elementary school, so you know I didn't teach at the elementary level, um, and it, my previous experience had most of it had been at the high school level. Um, so you know, in terms of the curriculum and you know just how different the elementary world is from the secondary world, that was certainly you know a transition. It took a little bit of time to you know figure that out. Leading, I, I didn't feel like that part was any different. You know, I think that good leadership is for all levels. It's not necessarily different at the elementary or secondary level. So that part, that transition wasn't as difficult as, you know, the 
ins and outs of the elementary world. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad you brought up your teaching experience because I mm-hmm. wanted to ask you about that. Can you just fill us in a little bit on what your teaching experience was before you entered administration? Yeah, I was a uh, I was a CTE teacher at Del Mar High School. I was mm-hmm. a business uh, business education. I taught accounting, computer software applications, coached every sport that you could possibly <laughs> imagine there. Um, so I spent eight years in Del Mar. Um, teaching those things. It was all at the high school level, not at the middle school level. But, uh, you know, it was, and it was a great experience. You know, mm-hmm. Del Mar was a, a great district and there was great kids there. So, mm-hmm. you know, it was definitely a good experience. Now, let's, let's go back to the very beginning uh, you know, of your teaching experience. Why did you become a teacher? I love asking people questions like this sure. because you always get interesting answers. <laughs> yeah, mine's a little different because um, mm-hmm. education is a second career for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, when I graduated college, I had a, a, a finance and accounting degree. And uh, I worked in a bank for seven years mm-hmm. uh, before I got into education. Uh, but the entire time that I worked in a bank, I coached Little League, I coached uh, different high school baseball teams. Uh, so I was kind of always around, you know, kids and, and students. And when I kind of got to that point where I knew I wanted to make a change and, uh, you know, trying to figure out what that change was going to be, I kind of always gravita- gravitated back to working with kids. Um, and, and honestly, I got lucky. There was an opportunity that came up at Del Mar for a business teacher about the same time that I was getting out of the mortgage industry. And um, I went through the alternative routes to certification program through yeah. the state and haven't looked back. It's 20, yeah. I just finished the, my 22nd year. We've had a lot of gifted teachers come through ARTC. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing just, just how much teaching talent is out there. When yeah, you think about it. I think that it, um, I think, you know, when, when you have another career, it kind of just gives you a different perspective of things. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I went through ARTC you know, back in the infancy of that where it wasn't, you know, I don't think as organized and as great as it is today, but I mean, the way the program works today and the fact that you can go to different colleges and and still get this, it it just, and especially with the teacher shortage, you know, to try to get people from other fields and bring them into education. It's a little bit of a rough transition at first, you know, that I can remember my first year being really, really rough, but, uh, but I, but I think, you know, you kind of have a tendency to pick things up a little quicker, you know, than even in a traditional education program. So yeah. it was, it's a good program. Was getting into school administration always a goal of yours? How did that come about? No, I, well, I, I did my master's in 2005. So I, I, I finished it in 2005 in educational leadership. And uh, I, at the time, I, I really just didn't think I was going to go into it. I just saw myself being a teacher and a coach for, you know, the rest of my career. I, so I sat on it for like three years, you know, and then, you know, it's like anything else, you know, life changes and I got married and, you know, had a child on the way. <laughs> yeah. And uh, and I just kind of, you know, it, it interests me more, you know, going into uh, um, building leadership. And I thought you've got this this different opportunity to impact more kids, you know, from that position. I kind of felt like I got lucky, you know, being hired in Indian River, you know, because yeah. at the time I had interviewed for a position at Indian River High School and didn't get it, but was offered, you know, another position because the old Sussex Central Middle School was splitting into Georgetown Middle and Millsboro Middle. Um, so I was able to kind of catch on with Millsboro Middle, and uh, it was just an absolutely wonderful experience. Did you ever think that you would have the administrative experience that you have, though? I mean, all yeah. the levels you've been a principal, all the, the yeah. central office positions you've had, I mean, yeah. it really is pretty... I'd never, uh, I would have never dreamed that, like, it, it would have worked out this way, you know, because I think that 
it was a really hard decision leaving here in the first place. I don't know if I would have been afforded the opportunities in other districts that I was afforded in Laurel because of the size um, and the impact that, you know, that I had there in the middle school, especially. Um, so, you know, I was lucky to get some opportunities there. But, you know, when I look at the total picture, you know, I would have never dreamed that I would have had all these different experiences. I, I mean, I feel like I know how a school district runs <laughs> from time. From top to bottom, there's not many jobs I've, that I haven't done in a, in a district. So you know, it's it's pretty interesting. But uh, but you learn so much, you know, with all those different experiences. So it's been really valuable, invaluable. Well, just getting back to SDSA here, real quick. What what are you most looking forward to this school year? We're a couple of weeks away, I guess. Uh, what are you most looking forward to? Seeing our students. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, hopefully in a more normal situation than it's been in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. Our goal is to really to have a culture in that building where kids leave there, you know, after the eighth grade, and they can look back and say that that was the best educational experience that, that I ever had. Um, so I'm excited to get our kids back in the building and to start working on that culture, um, you know, where they they love it. And, um, and I think, you know, with all the different things that we offer in terms of the arts, uh, you know, kids have this opportunity that they don't have in other schools. So I'm, I'm just, that's what I'm most excited about, getting our kids back and, and seeing them in this element of, you know, the arts and uh, seeing what they can do, but not only on the stage or, you know, with the, with the band uh, or, you know, uh, with vocals, uh, but also seeing what they do in the classroom, because I think creative side of your mind brings a whole different element, you know, to your educational experience. Well, is there anything else you want to share before we uh, wrap up things? No, I just, you know, just to reiterate, you know, how excited I am to be back in the district and, and, and especially at SDSA, I think it's going to be, we're going to have a wonderful school year, and uh, I'm I'm really I'm ready to get it going. Yeah. Well, Rick, it's great to have you back, and thank, thank you. you. I know you're busy getting ready for the school year, so I appreciate you taking a few few minutes to talk with us. Thank you very much. I want to thank Rick, Monica, and Dr. Owens for breaking away from their preparations for the new school year and taking a few minutes to speak with us. Let's go over a few important items before we wrap up this episode. The 2022-23 school year will begin on Tuesday, September 6th for students in kindergarten, grade 6, and grade 9, and the Howard T. Ennis School, excluding Ennis Preschool students. The first day of school for students in grades 1 through 5, 7 and 8, and 10 through 12 will be on Wednesday, September 7th. Preschool programs, including Howard T. Ennis, will begin on Monday, September 12th. On a separate note, with the expiration of USDA waivers on June 30th, Indian River School District students will no longer receive meals at no cost in school cafeterias. Effective at the beginning of the school year in September, food service at all schools will return to pre-pandemic operations. Students at all IRSD schools will be required to pay for breakfast and lunch unless they qualify for the federal free and reduced lunch program. Meals can be paid for by cash or check or by using the online Titan Family Portal at Family. TitanK12.com. Families wishing to apply for free and reduced price meals for their children are strongly encouraged to submit a meal benefit form to the District Department of Nutrition Services prior to the start of the school year. This form can be accessed on the Titan Family Portal, on the district website at irsd.net, or at the child school. For more information, contact your child's school or the IRSD Department of Nutrition Services at 302-436-1000. 
District schools will also be hosting open houses in late August and early September. These sessions will allow students and their families to meet teachers and staff, view class lists, and tour school buildings. A complete open house schedule can be found on the district website and Facebook page. Please note that most schools will be hosting multiple open house sessions catering to different grades. And finally, we hope everyone has a great school year. IRSD Spotlight is produced by the Indian River School District. Episodes can be accessed through Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and several other podcast platforms and mobile apps. Episodes and bonus content can also be accessed by visiting irsd.net and going to the podcast link under the Discover IRSD tab. To search for episodes on Facebook, use the hashtags IRSD Podcast and IRSD Spotlight. Sleepwalker, courtesy of The Killers and Island Records 2021. Time Standstill, courtesy of Rush and Mercury Polygram Records 1987. Thank you for listening. We'll be back soon with more great news and information from the Indian River School District.